You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today I'm a little bit excited. Um, there's something that I do once a year, every single year, and that is I look at every single playoff team right now and compare them to the team they most closely fit to a Super Bowl winner in the past. Sometimes there's teams that line up really well. Sometimes there's teams that don't. And and there's a billion different ways and criteria and whatnot that you can do this. It's clearly not an ironclad process. I should probably try to come up with a better one. But for the sake of, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to take like a month to do this. And it's mostly just for fun anyways. My process is essentially I look at their every team's rank in points and yards. For example, the Seahawks, uh, by the end of the year, and, and one of the biggest flaws here is that it doesn't take into account trend. Uh, one of the things I did last year that I just scrapped this year because most of these Super Bowl teams don't have it, but it was quarterback ranking via PFF. Now, I could simply look at it and say, you know, what did they at least have a Pro Bowl quarterback or a somewhat competent quarterback, but I, I just scrapped it. It's shaky enough finding a, uh, a comparison. But again, the, the general idea and the reason I originally did this was you look at each individual team and say, has a team that looks like this ever won? And then if so, what kind of was the circumstances? What was the criteria? How did they do it? I did add one further wrinkle because I thought it was, it's actually very helpful. I averaged them out. For example, the Bears are 22nd in points, 14th in points allowed. They actually fell to 14th, which means their defense fell clear out of the top 10. 26th in yards on offense, 11th in yards allowed. On average, across all four of those metrics, the average rank is 18.25. And generally what that's going to do is, so I've got every single Super Bowl winner, all their points for, points against, yards for, yards against, and their average, because I can just jump to the average and say, okay, I want to find a team that, for example, for the Bears, is is bad on offense, not great on defense. I know that sounds weird to say, but that's what I'm looking for but is much worse on offense than on defense. And if we can st- and if I can't really find that, I'm looking for that 18.25 range to at least find a somewhat comparable team overall. So I use that as kind of a guide or a help or if there's kind of two or three teams that are in the same range, you know, in other words, better offense than defense but slightly different here or there, I default to the one that's more closely aligned to them um, overall, I guess. So again, just kind of for fun, and there's a little bit of analysis in here. Um, for example, last year when I did it, I looked at it and I said there was one team, um, and this is part of the process, are there teams here that just are outside of the spectrum of what's ever been done before? There is, There was one last year, there is one this year. Last year it was the Buffalo Bills. Actually, there, there, there might be a couple this year we can we can look at from different perspectives now that I think about it. 
But in terms of the overall average, actually, that's not true. Last year, I, I came to the conclusion it was the Buffalo Bills. This year, I'm coming to the conclusion that it's the Chicago Bears. But again, there's more than one team to consider here. But anyways, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, since I did the overall averaging thing, I probably will save the Packers for last, although they aren't technically the highest graded overall team. I'll just give you the rank first. So in last place is the Chicago Bears, as I mentioned, 18.25. Um, the worst Super Bowl team ever by this metric was the 2011 New York Giants. They were ninth on offense, 25th on defense, 8th in yards, 27th in yards allowed. Again, a little bit different in the in the actual playoffs, but this is what they came into the to the playoffs as. Uh, their average overall was a 17.25. Not only is that kind of shocking, the next worst team ever was the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. Their average was a 13.75. So the massive gap in the amount of improbability or impossibility of a team like the Giants to actually win the Super Bowl is crazy. In other words, a team that during the regular season that was that bad has never won ever. The 2012 Baltimore Ravens were 10th on offense, 12th on defense, 16th in yards, 17th in yards allowed. So that's a massive, massive gap. There are currently um, five teams that are above that 13.75. So if you call the Giants complete outliers, there are several teams. If we continue going from worst to best, the next up would be the Cleveland Browns, who I mentioned very dangerous, but when you average out the really good games and the really terrible games, it comes out to be pretty bad. 14th overall on offense, 21st, or well, 14th in points allowed. Give me a second here. 14th in points, 21st in points allowed, 16th in yards, 17th in yards allowed, 17 overall. Next is actually the Seahawk. As their defense began to get better over time and went from dead last to 15th, their offense went from 1st to 8th. Um, in yards, they're 17th on offense, 22nd in yards allowed, 15.5 overall. The Washington football team, 25th on offense, 4th on defense, 30th in yards, 2nd in yards allowed. So one of the worst offenses, one of the best defenses is kind of the where they're sitting. And then finally, the Tennessee Titans, 4th best offense, 24th defense, 2nd in yards, 28th in yards allowed. So the exact opposite. I mean, literally, it is almost the literal exact opposite of Washington. Titans offense is 4th, Washington. I want to see that. That I, don't, I mean, it can't unless it's a Super Bowl, but man, I want to watch that game. It's the 4th best offense against the 4th best defense. It's the 2nd best defense in terms of yards against the second worst defense in terms of yards. On top of that, you have the 25th ranked offense against the 24th ranked offense in terms of points, the 30th ranked offense against the 28th ranked defense in terms of yards. Nearly the mirror image of each other, almost identical. After that, you get into the full-fledged, um, like right in the thick of it type teams. The next best team is actually the Steelers. Um, I think this might be one of the worst teams in the playoffs unless their offense can figure stuff out based on trajectory. But overall, 12th overall offense, 3rd defense, 24th in yards, 3rd in yards against, 10.5 overall. Then you have the Colts, 9th offense in terms of points, 10th in points allowed, 10th uh, in yards, 8th and in yards allowed. Next best is the Rams. Rams are another big anomaly because they have the 22nd ranked offense but the number one defense in both points and yards. Ravens are up next with the seventh best offense and the second best defense, so kind of like the the Rams if they, you know, were good. 19th in yards, 7th in yards allowed. Then we have the Buffalo Bills with the second best offense, 16th ranked defense, second in yards, 14th in uh, yards allowed. Then you have, surprisingly, the Kansas City Chiefs who have kind of just 
crumbled into mediocrity unless you're really into uh, yards on offense. Sixth on offense in terms of points, 10th um, in points allowed, number one in yards, 16th in yards allowed. Third, we have the Green Bay Packers. They are the number one offense, but are ranked 13th on defense in terms of points, fifth in yards, ninth in yards allowed. Then you have the Saints, fifth on offense, fifth on defense, 12th uh, in terms of yards, fourth in yards allowed. And then finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, third on offense, eighth on defense, seventh in yards, sixth in yards allowed. To be fair, not one of these teams is ranked anywhere near as high as about half of the Super Bowl winners. I mean, if you went halfway down the list, so that the, the Buccaneers are at a six overall, which there are three Super Bowl winners at a six overall. Um, the 82 Redskins, the 81 49ers, and the 98 Broncos. Um, that would be 27 Super Bowl winners out of 55, or 54, I guess, because i got a column in there, row, whatever. So the best playoff team right now is basically a mediocre Super Bowl champion based on this metric. I do remember that, especially if you go back in time. It seems like, I don't know if there's just less parity um, or what, but as you go back in time, you start to see just dominance. And it starts around, well, I mean, right around that six range, I guess. But, I mean, it, it's so common to see teams that are just top 10 or even top 5 in every category. There was only one team in NFL history that had ones across the board. That is the undefeated 1972 Miami Dolphins, number 1 in every single category. A couple that were close, the 1969 Kansas City Chiefs. The 1996 Green Bay Packers were number 1 in every category except uh, yards 4. They were 5th in yard. The 89 49ers and the 79 Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just going to cut it off there. There were, there were several that were close and dominant in top five in just about every category. In fact, top five in every category goes up to uh, the 91 Redskins, the 68 Jet. You have to go to the 85 Bears before you find a team that's outside of the top five in one category, and they were second, first, seventh, and first. So, I mean, so many dominant Super Bowl winners, and they're just they just aren't in this Super Bowl. And we kind of talked about that a little bit, how there's not really... It feels very even. There, there doesn't seem to be this massive hurdle. I mean, there, there's a statistical hurdle, but it's not like, well, the Chiefs are clearly the best team, and the Saints are clearly the best NFC team, and then there's like two or three that are clearly second tier, and then we're down here in the third tier, and hopefully we can overcome some of those challenges. It's like, no, it's a, it's a mash of like the Bucks, the Saints, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Bills, probably the Ravens, even the Rams are decent, the Seahawks are pretty fiery, the Titans are scary, all for different reasons, but it's like, I, you know... If you were to say, would you be shocked if any of these teams went to the Super Bowl? No. I mean, some of them, but uh, Bears, Washington, maybe Cleveland, mostly because of COVID, but they're playing the Steelers, which is kind of a layup. I'm still sticking with that, man. I just, they're, they're playing like garbage. Colts would be a little bit surprising. They're a little middling, but uh, they're kind of picking up steam. Rams offense is pretty bad, so that's going to be iffy, but I mean, at least half of these teams you can look at and go, no, they're, they're, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the Super Bowl. So anyways, that's kind of what we're doing. No, we haven't really started yet. That's just, those are the teams in order based on the averaging thing. Again, there's a billion different ways you can do this yourself with using different metrics. This is mine um, partially for the sake of convenience. Before we launch into it, though, um, really quickly want to say thank you very much to Michael Gardner for jumping in on Venmo. Thank you very much for that donation, my man. Really, really appreciate that. A couple other things. 
first of all, again, jump in the Facebook group, Pack on a Podcast Facebook group, Pack on a Podcast Facebook uh, page. Definitely want to jump in on the Cheese and Packers Facebook page. I officially cut Justin, who is uh, helping me to run that page, officially cut him loose, and he is just tearing it up right now. Um, he's got some great graphics that have some really cool statistics and whatnot on them. So you definitely want to ch- head over to the Cheese and Packers Facebook page. Uh, Instagram, Packernet Podcast. I want to plug all these because what I'm what I'm doing right now, I've got several people that help me with a lot of stuff, right? They're super motivated, hardworking people. And I kind of just got everybody together and decided I would start a little competition to see who could grow their channel the fastest. Justin's annihilating everybody right now, but it's kind of one of those things where when you're really below your uh, potential, you're going to grow the fastest. And then you start to level off once you hit sort of that where you should be point. But um, everybody's working extremely hard. Coach Hahn is uh, helping me with the YouTube. He's got some really cool stuff lined up. Right now, you can go over to Pack Daddy NFL. Watch his breakdown of the Chicago Bears game. I'm telling you, whenever you have time, I, I know it's hard with YouTube. You can't just like pop it in your ear as you're driving. I'm not encouraging you to watch it as you drive to work or at work for that matter. Unless your boss is cool with that, then absolutely do it. But if you got a, a little bit of time, you got to watch that video. There's so many cool little insights and also he's going to start doing some live streams during games um the first official one we're going to do is going to be the baltimore ravens game this sunday at noon he's really a big fan of the uh of he's an offensive line coach so he's really excited about some of the stuff that they do obviously it's a very run heavy team i've got a little teaser video i'm gonna i'm gonna put out there for you to to show you what that's about but make sure you subscribe to pack daddy nfl uh dara is working really really hard on that newsletter again unbelievable insights. Let me just pull one up real quick to show you some of the stuff that's in there. So I actually have, he sent me, apparently he's done, I don't know, or maybe he's got a little bit more to fill in. Um, This is the newsletter that's about to come out this week. And again, if you want to get in on any of this stuff, go to the top of the Facebook group. There's a link right there. Click it. It'll, It'll direct you to all these things and you can sign up for the newsletter there. Or again, send me your email and I'll sign you up. I will sign you up. But some of the stats that are in this newsletter, for example, Aaron Rodgers inside the opponent's 45-yard line this season. 44 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Aaron Rodgers is now 19-1 against the Bears in his last 20 games. I mean, it's just, it's little things like that. Like, we, we hear this constant barrage of really cool stats, but then you go to the newsletter. I have not heard these specific stats. I'm telling you, dude, he's, he's really impressive. I don't want to ruin it by reading off absolutely everything, but there's a ton of those stats. There's This Week in History, which, because it's January, obviously there's some incredible history. You know, Super Bowl championships and great, amazing games. So if you want to relive a little bit of that, he goes through the dates of those. So lots of really, really good stuff. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter. I'm missing something, I'm sure. My thing primarily is Twitter. I don't think I'm going to win that competition. I'm not very good at growing my Twitter. And even when I do, I have a lot of followers. I mean, not not a lot, but compared to some of these other channels, the number is bigger. But that's fine. I I don't care as much about Twitter. I care about these other things that people are working on. I probably should care about Twitter. Anybody want to manage my Twitter for me? I don't want to go on there anyways. Um, finally, one one last thing, and I put this out on Twitter. And I've got several volunteers, but I'll take as many as I can get, especially since I expect about 90% of the people to flake. It's just human nature. Or, you know, flake or forget or technical difficulties or whatever. And I'll try to put the thing up in the Facebook group and, and try to get a little bit more organized with this. It's kind of spur of the moment. But I saw a cool YouTube video that kind of inspired me to make my own. And essentially what I want the video to be is after the Packers win in the playoff game, and I'm just going to assume that we do, and if we don't, then maybe the whole video gets scrapped, I don't know. But I want to make a a highlight video of the Packers win against whoever. 
a component to that that I thought would be cool is rather than just, you know, a normal highlight video, which is just those plays, maybe just those plays with some music in the background or something, what I thought would be cool is syncing it up with fan reaction. It would take a decent amount of work on my end. We'd have to try to work out the logistics, hopefully giving uh, me some help with time stamping or something, or at least telling me, you know, when the game starts in the video. That would help me. But I, I just, I thought that would be a very, very cool video, especially if it's, you know, people that we all know. We, we interact with each other in the Facebook group and on Twitter and all that. I think it would be a very cool video. If you want to be a part of that, if you think you'd want to be in that video, it's probably going to be, you know, I'm picturing sort of maybe large screen the play, and then maybe like all around the border are smaller screens of the reactions. And I might have, depending on how many people, maybe rotate some in, some out. Um, some of the better reactions, put them on there. I don't know. I, have, I haven't figured out the exact logistics, but the more I get, the better. I can figure it out after that. So if you want in on that, the only thing you would need to do is get a camera, push record for either yourself watching the game or your, your Packers party, especially if you're having a party, that would be ideal. If you want to get some FaceTime, have a party because that's going to be the best content. That's the stuff I'm going to want to put out in front. Um, and then I would probably just give you access to uh, like my Dropbox account to upload it, and I would do the rest of the work from there. That's the plan. And if it takes off, we could do it for the rest of the games this season. Could definitely do it for the draft, I think would be fun. And then obviously the uh, the regular season next year. If I, if I can get a process that's quick enough, we could make this a regular video. I think I, I think it would be a great video. I love the reaction videos and to be able to have like multiple fan reactions as opposed to like just the YouTuber, like me doing my reactions, which I don't want to do that. I don't want to record myself. It's, it just, it's just, I don't know. Granted, there, there is one video of me reacting to uh, one of those Hail Marys, and it was a pretty good video, but I'm just, I don't want to do it. I got a lot of work to do editing and whatnot. I'll let you guys handle the videography. Let me know. Otherwise, why don't we take a break, and we'll just uh, run through this. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Okay, let's rock and roll. So start off with the Chicago Bears. Um, the only comp that I could put in here, and it's not a good one, but I just put in the 2011 New York Giants because, again, they're worse than every team that there is. There really isn't a great comp. Um, I tried to look down the list and say, okay, but let's just find a team that's bad on offense and better on, on defense that's maybe somewhat of a comp. And as I go down the line, generally, 
that isn't the case. I, I have to go to the maybe 2008 Steelers, but they were 20th on offense, number one on defense. It's not even close. I mean, the only way we can do that, and I'm sure Bears fans would be fine with this, is to say, yes, we are the 2008 Steelers, because actually we have an elite defense. The You know, it's just kind of a fluke or whatever, the numbers that are there. Which, by the way, the 2008 Steelers were number one because they didn't have flukes. So, sorry, I'm not doing that. So, it's it's not a good comp because there is no comp, and that's kind of the point. I mean, it, it's not to say the Bears can't win the Super Bowl. It just means that it would be a historic win. Same thing I said about Buffalo last year. Buffalo could have won. But it would have been a historic win because no team has ever won with this bad of metrics. And it, you know, it's, I mean, the first time ever, number seven seed. Any other season, they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. And so there you go. We'll probably get several more of these kinds of teams. Also, just so you know, there are going to be some duplicates, which makes it a little bit boring. Again, I wish there were more unique kinds of teams. But again, a lot of these teams are kind of similar. So they're going to get somewhat similar comps. Um. And that's the case for the Browns and the Seahawks, who I have both as the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. Basically, the the Browns are... The only other thing I could have done for the Browns was also do the 2011 New York Giants, because their 17 overall average means they're basically worse than just about every team, except the Giants. In fact, that's actually not a terrible comp. They're just they're just better than that than that in some categories. And for example, on defense, they're identical to the Baltimore Ravens in 2012, 16th and 17th, and 14th on offense compared to 10th on offense. It's pretty close. So the Cleveland Browns are similar to the uh, 2012 Ravens. The Seahawks I also have as the 2012 Ravens. Again, the Seahawks are significantly worse than that, but they're not so bad. I'm going to call them the Giants. But again, fairly similar. The Seahawks are eighth on offense. Ravens were 10th on offense. Seahawks 17th, um, or, well, 15th on defense. The Ravens were 12th on defense in terms of points. And then yards, 17th compared to 16th on yards. Yards against 17th compared to 22nd. So it is fairly close. But again, the Ravens were just slightly better. As we get to Washington, we have our first really good comp. We're still hovering up near the top because, again, these are all really bad teams compared to Super Bowl winners because... Well, usually these kinds of teams don't end up being the ones that win the Super Bowl. But we go all the way down our list to the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers because, I mean, the comp is very obvious. The 2008 Steelers were a better overall team, but again, the Steelers, 20th on offense, number one on defense. So the offense was bad, but the defense was just remarkable. The difference being the defense is not quite as good. They're not number one across the board. They're fourth on in points, second in yard. And the offense is significantly worse. I, I, maybe significantly is a little bit harsh, but it's it's a lot worse. Steelers were 20th on offense. The Washington football team is 25th um, in terms of yards, 22nd compared to 30th. So, you know, again, it would be somewhat historic from the standpoint that um, the 2008 Steelers were the worst offense to ever win a Super Bowl, and they were 20th. And they only did it with the number one defense in history. The only other team that had a somewhat comparable defense to win it was the the 2015 Denver Broncos. They were fourth on defense, but their offense was 19th and 16th. So a even better offense slightly than the Steelers. Um, you had the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers who were similar, but again, they had a better offense and a number one defense in points and yards. So the point is, Washington's offense is too bad. Even if they had a number one defense, it's it, you kind of look at it and go, I just don't know if the offense is good enough to get them over the... It, it's too much for the defense to drag, but it's not the number one defense. So they're, they're just outside of that spectrum of what I would consider to be possible. But if you're going to do a comp, if you're going to say, we can win because this team did it, it's the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Again, kind of boring, but this is actually a good comp, not just because they suck. It's actually a better version of this team, but the Titans actually are a better version of the 2011 New York Giant. And remember, we are talking about Super Bowl winners. To, to So if, if we're looking at a team, the first team that I'm looking at saying, hey, if they can do it, they then this team can do it. The Titans kind of fit that mold. right? The, the Titans are clearly a good enough team to win a Super Bowl, but you wonder about the defense. Enter the New York Giants, right? So the, the Giants, again, they were ninth on offense, 25th on defense. Abysmally horrible garbage defense. And in fact, unlike teams with their offense, you know, you, you hear defense wins championship. Again, the worst offense to win was 20th ranked offense. We had the 25th ranked defense for the Giants, the 23rd ranked defense for the Colts, the 20th ranked defense for the Saints. There's actually been more garbage defenses that have won Super Bowls than garbage offenses, depending on where you draw the line of garbage. Either way, generally, if you're over the 20 mark, you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. But, again, there have been instances. And technically, the Titans are a better team. Their defense is slightly better. It's almost actually identical to the Giants. But, ninth offense in terms of points, eighth in terms of yards. The Titans, fourth in points, second in yards. So the Titans are a better version of the 2011 New York Giants. But again, the Giants themselves were an outlier. Generally, if your defense is that bad, you're not going to win. And really, the the Giants won because they came on strong in the playoffs and were a different team. So the Titans have a chance, technically, if, if they show up a different team in the playoffs. But it's possible. I don't know how you just find a pass rush out of nowhere, but, you know, stuff happens. Um, up next, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, bad offense, great defense. Um, the best comp that I can find, and it's a pretty decent one, would be the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that I already just mentioned. Again, pretty bad team, um, but in terms of the averages, the Steelers average 10.5. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 11. Um, the Steelers' offense technically is better overall, although at this point in the season, I don't know if that's the case. But 12th and 24th is their offense in points and yards compared to 18th and 24th for the Buccaneers. Similar, though, right? And then you have the Steelers, who are third on defense in terms of points and yards, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first. So again, you're looking at a situation where is the defense enough to, to drag it? Well, it's not. It's still a good defense, but they've gotten overtaken by two teams now. And again, the offense is trending in the wrong direction. So it's doable, but I really think you need to see the best version of the defense that, that exists. And the offense needs to wake up a little bit, because the fact of the matter is, this isn't the 12th best offense that we've seen in the last several weeks. It's the 32nd ranked offense. But if they can wake up, if they can be this 12th offense and third defense and possibly wake up to that what was the number one defense, this could absolutely be the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm sure I don't need to remind you guys what that's like. I mean, for those of you that are old enough to remember, ferocious football team, really, really nasty defense. As for the Indianapolis Colts, we finally get an interesting team, a more historic team. Uh, I've got the Indianapolis Colts comparing to the 1980 Oakland Raiders. Colts are a slightly better version, but they're pretty average across the board. 9th, 10th, 10th, 8th. Um, in terms of points, the Colts are 9th and 10th. The Raiders are 7th and 10th. Um, defensive yards, it's 8th compared to 11th. The only big difference here is uh, points give, or, excuse me, yards gained. Colts 10, the Raiders 16. But again, pretty basic across the board. Kind of teetering in that top 10 range, but not quite. Both teams enter the playoffs at 11 and 5. Both teams in their last four games went 3-1. Uh, and one. Not surprisingly, both teams are going to enter as wild card, at least for the, the Colts, not so much the Raiders. 11-5 and five could possibly be good enough, but not usually. Colts do have a really tough test against the uh, Buffalo Bills. The uh, Houston, uh, the Oakland Raiders were lucky enough to face the 11-5 and five Houston Oilers as opposed to a 13-win team, but they smashed the Oilers, narrowly beat the Cleveland Browns 14-12. to 12. 
beat the Chargers fairly handily, 34-27, to and then kind of annihilated in the uh, Super Bowl offensively and defensively, 27-10. to For the Rams, there's a very, very close correlation to the 1990 New York Jets. Sorry, the Giants. I, I, you know, both have Joe sounds. Leave me alone. Jets Super Bowl. That's funny. But again, you're looking at a team that is uh, dominant on defense. Rams are number one defense on, on ter- in terms of points and yards. So really, if you want to look at teams like the Steelers and whatnot, how did they end up pulling it off? This is kind of that team. The only reason I chose the Giants is because overall they actually match up better. The Rams offense is actually 11th in, in yards. They're 22nd in points, which is a problem. It's actually worse, again, than any offense that's ever won a Super Bowl, so that's problematic. But again, 11th in yards is a pretty big, strange thing. So clearly they, they have no hard time getting yards but can't get in the end zone, which is the issue. But again, overall, they do more closely align with the Giants, who are 15th in points scored, number one on defense, 17th in yards, second in yards on defense. Giants that year were 13-3. and three actually went undefeated, which is kind of interesting um, because similar to the Rams, although the Rams were definitely were not undefeated, they kind of started off a lot hotter than they ended, right? The Rams were clearly in the top of the NFC conversation at the halfway point. However, to end the season, starting in week 12, they actually went 3-3. Three and three. Lost to the Eagles, lost to the 49ers, beat the Vikings, lost to the Bills, beat the Phoenix Cardinals and the New England Patriots. But then they got into the playoffs, and the first thing this team does that has a uh, bad offense and terrible de- or, and great defense is beat the Chicago Bears 31-13. to So the offense just absolutely rolled the Bears. However, and again, this is how teams like this end up winning Super Bowls, when the offense fluctuates downward because they show flashes of brilliance but then kind of come crashing down, only scored 15 points against the 49ers, it's the defense that bails them out and only allows 13. Same with the Super Bowl. The offense only musters 20, but the defense holds holds them to 19. So at the end of the day, the defense has to come in strong, and that's what the Rams have to do. Right? They might flash and, and score a bunch of points here and there, but at the end of the day, their offense is not good enough to consistently score a lot of points. You have to have a dominant, consistent play from your defense um, if the defense is going to drag the offense to a Super Bowl championship. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens I have compared to the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. I think the 2013 Seahawks were a better team overall, but kind of similar um, in that they're kind of the same as sort of the Rams and whatnot, where the, the offense is not as good as the defense. However, the offense is good. Um, the Seattle Seahawks were different in terms of having the number one defense, whereas the Ra- the Ravens are number two and are actually seventh in terms of yards allowed. But again, much better offense. 2013 Seahawks were not 20th ranked. They were 8th on offense. The Ravens are 7th on offense. Um, in terms of yards, the Ravens are actually 19th. The Seahawks were 17th. So very similar to the Seahawks, but again, the uh, Seahawks defense was significantly better. But that's the identity of the team, and it's, it's not a bad thing to have a dominant defense, but also a good offense. It doesn't have to be number one in one category to win. That happens a lot more often than than normal. Obviously, there's only one number one out of uh, 32, and you've got, I mean, just, just looking at the Super Bowl champions, which, by the way, being number one in a category, as the Packers are, really works in their favor. Obviously, the worst teams, there's no number ones, but even starting with the one, two, three, four, five, sixth worst team, Saints had a number one, Steelers had a number one, Bucks had a number one, Raiders did not, Broncos did, Patriots did, did not, did not, did not, Giants did, did not, Ravens did. So just down the line, even the worst teams were number one in a category. And again, you have a 1 in 32 chance. So if this was just completely random, granted there's four different metrics, 
So you could maybe say 1 and 32 divided by 2 or divided by 4, but there's also some correlation between offense and defense. But even if we just look at points and yards and say there's a 1 in 16 chance that one of these is going to be a number 1, clearly more than 1 in 16. Clearly. I mean, I'm looking at the worst teams, and there's still more than half of them are number 1 in A category. So it does help. But again, it doesn't have to be. I think you need to be good somewhere, probably very good somewhere, and if you can complement that, you, that, that's really going to help your cause. So the Ravens are in a good spot because the number two defense is dominant, but you also have a top 10 offense that can put up some points. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, kind of the opposite of the Baltimore Ravens. Again, second on offense, but 16th on defense. Actually, they're the opposite of what they were last year. I mentioned last year they didn't really have a chance to get in because their offense was outside of the spectrum of what is what has ever won, right? Nobody with that bad of an offense has ever won. This year, it's the defense that's the problem, although it's 16th, which is not outside of the realm of possibility. But as far as a comp, I've got the 1976 Oakland Raiders. So the Raiders had the fourth best offense overall, but the 12th best defense. So the defense was outside of the top 10. The offense was inside of the top five. In terms of yards, both teams were second in terms of yards. Uh, The Buffalo Bills, 14th in yards against. The Raiders, 18th in yards against. 76 Raiders, this is under John Madden, 13-1 and team. Obviously, different uh, amount of games being played back in the day. But, um, I mean, it's hard to say that they're, the, the, the Bills are as dominant, considering they only lost one game, and that was in Week 4, meaning from Weeks 5 to Week 14, they were undefeated, and then all the way through. However, you could call it a comp based on the fact that since their bye week, they are undefeated. And, in fact, both teams have been incredibly dominant. Uh, the... Ending the season, we'll say the last uh, last three games, 49-16, to 35-20, and 24-0 to is what the 76 Raiders did. The Buffalo Bills, 48-19, to 38-9, 56-26. So very similar, very dominant. The Raiders went into the playoffs. Actually kind of scary uh, based on, you know, look, looking at how dominant they were. They come out, they play against the New England Patriots, and it was a 24-21 to victory. So that was the big scare, but then they kind of got uh, got back in the rhythm, won 24-7 and 32-14. to Again, a team that's relatively balanced, um, but really surprisingly, it was it was the defense that kind of came through. The, the offense only scored 24 points the first two weeks, and then finally in the Super Bowl, the offense kind of took over. So we'll see. I mean, that's that's the biggest problem with the having those deficiencies, because you see that where, you know, even your strength is a weakness at some point in the playoff, especially against really good teams. And so, like, in this example, the Raiders, the offense was their strength, but for the first two of the first three games, offense wasn't that great, and the defense had to step up. And that's why you also like teams like the Packers or even the Bills, where even their weaknesses are starting to kind of uh, become strengths. For the Kansas City Chiefs, I have the 1970 Baltimore Colts. Um, Basically, this is a team that has a better offense than defense, but not by much. Again, the Chiefs have the sixth overall offense, the 10th overall defense in terms of pol- uh, points, 1970 Colts, 6th offense, 7th in terms of points, but yardage-wise is kind of where things balance out. The Chiefs are number one in yards. The Baltimore Colts are 8th in yards, but they're 16th in yards allowed. The Baltimore Colts are ninth. Uh, so technically, overall, if you average them, the Colts are a little bit higher, but I think it's a fair comp, especially if we emphasize or overemphasize the points. Because, again, it's it's a good offense and a decent defense is essentially what it is. Also looking at the record, um, Baltimore Colts 11-2-1, so very few losses. 
And then um, as far as their victory in the playoffs and whatnot, it really was the defense that carried it, despite, again, the offense being better than the defense. Defense allowed 0 points, 17 points, and 13 points. Offense scored 17, 27, and 16. So only that one game against the Raiders when they scored 27 were they really any good. But I suppose if you adjust for the era, that's probably a pretty high score. I'm going to skip the Packers and save them for last. We've got the Saints. I also have is the 1970 Baltimore Colts for similar reasons. Um, Saints, they are top five in both categories, which means they are technically a better team. But again, it's it's basically a a good team across the board, right? Colts 6th and 7th, Saints 5th and 5th. Saints 12th in yards, Colts 8th in yards, Saints much better in yards uh, against 4th, Colts ninth. So again, it's, it's offense and defense are comparable. They're both good. And if we're saying that uh, this team needs to win based on defense, I like those Saints odds better than the Chiefs odds because the Saints defense is coming on real strong. Then when we look at the, uh, the best overall team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have them as the 1998 Denver Broncos. Um, very, very similar team, especially in terms of points. The Bucks are third in points. The Denver Broncos were second. The Bucks allowed, uh, were eighth in points allowed. Denver Broncos, eighth in points allowed. Also, just considering the quarterback, 1998 Denver Broncos had an aging quarterback with a resurgent career, as do the Bucks. Also, some really interesting parallels here. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 11-5. and five. The uh, 98 Broncos were 14 and 2, which doesn't seem very similar, but the losses came at the end of the year. And so again, you got this old quarterback. You go uh, one and one and two in your last three games. The Buccaneers are undefeated down the stretch here, but their losses did come in bunches toward the second half of the season. Starting in Week Nine, it was a loss-win-loss-loss. So again, there's sort of that narrative of you know is old age kind of becoming a problem here. But uh, when it came to be go time, I mean, it was just absolute pure dominance. And you can kind of see that with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of the offense and defense both being very potent, especially with the offense really stepping up. Um, the first game they played was against the Miami Dolphins. They won 38-3. to The next game, the offense wasn't quite as dominant, but they still won 23-10. 13 points is pretty massive. The defense really stepped up in that game. And then the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl, 34-19, to complete and total dominance. And then finally, the Green Bay Packers. Who is it that the Green Bay Packers are most reminiscent of? What Super Bowl champion? And what I've got in store is the 1983 L.A. Raiders. The L.A. Raiders were the third best offense in football, but the 13th overall defense. They were 7th in yards compared to the Packers' 5th in yards, and on defense they were 4th in yards against the Packers' ninth in yards against. And somewhat similarly, although it doesn't perfectly line up, uh, down the stretch, they were actually quite solid. They did give up one bad game. The defense did to the St. Louis Cardinals, giving up 34 points. The other point totals in the last four games, they gave up 12 to the Giants, 10 to the Chargers, 14 to the Chargers again. And then the really exciting thing about this is that the offense and defense really stayed revved up. The offense didn't score less than 30 points throughout the entire process. The defense didn't give up more than 14 points through the whole thing. It was offensive and defensive dominance across the board. The first game was the divisional game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They won 38-10. to The next game they played was the Seattle Seahawks. They won 30-14. to By the way, I don't know if I mentioned they were 12-4. and They had home field advantage in both of these, so they played at home and dominated. Then they go to the neutral field, play the Washington Redskins, and beat them 38-9. to Complete and total massive dominance. That's kind of what we're looking, I mean, that's what everybody's looking for ultimately, but really, I mean, the Packers are looking at a 
offense that is number one in football, but also a defense that has become one of the most dominant in football, and that kind of needs to to continue. And if it does, there's no reason to believe that this team can't or won't be Super Bowl champions. But it was a, uh, as much as you might look at it and say, you know, there's not a lot of names that you recognize. You know, Tom Flores was the coach. Jim Plunkett was the quarterback. All I need to say, really, is that this is an Al Davis Raiders Super Bowl victory. So... I guess if you're super bored, maybe out of work, looking for something to do, see if you can check out the 1983 L.A. Raiders playing at the Coliseum, just tearing people up. Kind of excited that that's the Packers comp. But anyways, that's about it. Hopefully you got half as much enjoyment out of that as I did. I love looking at that, seeing sort of the, especially the historical one. You know, it's boring. There's always a big pile of 2011 Giants, 2012 Ravens. But uh, you get into the better teams, you start getting some of the more historic stuff, and I think that's kind of cool. And it's especially cool to look at the the Packers comps, teams that kind of remind uh, you know us of the Packers and what it took for them to to get all the way there. Obviously, it was pretty straightforward for the Raiders dominate everybody as perfectly as possible. But anyways, have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.